I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower. A weekly podcast focusing on the music, the moments, and the movements that have shaped my worldview and left an indelible mark on me as an artist and activist. Come correct with Maximum Firepower. For you and me. This is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. I'm Tom Morello. Welcome to Maximum Firepower. My guest today is Nita Strauss. Now, Nita, first of all, Nita, hi, how are you? Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. Nita is a spectacular shredding guitar player, and I'm familiar and a fan of her work in two different forms. One is she has uh, been the guitarist, uh, the lead guitarist in Alice Cooper's band for some time now, and just like Alice Cooper was my first favorite artist, and six of the first wow. 10 shows I went to in my life were Alice Cooper shows. So to see wow. you, yeah, right? So see you rocking those songs spectacularly this many decades into his career is awesome. But she is also the shredding guitar player for the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, I'm a big, been a Rams fan my whole life and see you every, I've been to every home game at SoFi and I've Amazing. seen you and enjoy you rocking sometimes Rage Against the Machine song. So, so yeah. welcome to the show and uh, you're spectacular and I'm a big fan of you. So thank you for coming out. Uh, oh my today. God, that's so funny that you're there for all of these games. Next I'm there for all those games. Come check out my rig next time. I would, I would be, I'd be happy to do that. I, mean, I see you on the Jumbotron all game, every game. You know, so, oh, yeah. Uh, I play a lot of your stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You want. It's really great. It's really um, a great sort of a, there's a, there's a DJ and there's Nita, and they sort of go back. Like, you'll jam along with some of the rock songs and the hip-hop songs. Then he'll sort of scratch along with some of the rock jams. and It hypes up the event considerably. So, well done there. Thank you. Um, so today's topic is we're going to do the top, each of us are going to present our list of top five uh, side persons uh, of all time. But before we get into the actual list, I was not a side person until I joined the E Street Band over the course of about six years between 2008 and 2014. So tell me a little bit about what it's like for our listeners, many of whom are musicians, like the differences between, say, being a solo artist or being in a band and being a side person. What are the difference, the responsibilities and the point of view you have about that gig? Yeah, I feel like as a side person, like I think you're right, you know, we all say side man. I think I would still consider myself a side man, but it's probably yeah. nicer to say side person now. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most important thing you can do as a side person is really realize that you're there to execute that artist's vision, you know, and really not overstep. And yeah, a lot of times, you know, I feel really blessed that a lot of the gigs that I'm in, like such as my main gig playing with Alice Cooper, Alice likes me and he likes this, my style of playing. So I do have that creative liberty to go like, hey, take this and do this how Vita would do it, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's important to always have that distinction of like, you're not really there to do that. And if you're given that liberty, that's amazing. But most importantly, first and foremost, you're there to execute a flawless Alice Cooper show, not a flawless Nita Strauss show. And like yeah. your first 10 concerts were Alice Cooper concerts. I would die if you came to see me play with Alice and you're like, man, she's a good guitar player, but it sounds nothing like those songs that I love. Right. You know, right, like right. I want to, I want to give the Alice Cooper fans the best Alice Cooper show they've ever seen. And when they come see a Nita solo show, then they'll get the Nita solo. Exactly. Show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I, for me, it was quite a transition 
I've always like been in bands since I was in high school. Like I'm in bands and the band makes up their decisions about what they're going to do, however imperfectly. Yeah. And I started jamming with Bruce. Uh, and then he asked me to tour with him. Little Steven was off making his show, Lilyhammer, the TV show, Lilyhammer. Oh, so yeah, I, was, I love that show. Right, right, right. So so there was a need for a guitar player. We'd played together a bunch of times, so he asked me to do this tour. Now, this was a very different gig. So first of all, I had to learn like 250 songs. 250 songs. <laughs> like before the first rehearsal, right? Because I wanted to be, I wanted to be prepared. I know that Bruce always changes up the set, and that was a tremendous challenge. But what I found too was, uh, and, and do you ever find this? Because you know, there is always a part of me that I found it difficult to sort of curtail the non-side man part of me. So I was, I mean, knocking on Bruce's door, like, how about we open with, you know, and what do you, <laughs> oh yeah, what do you think about? And you know, sometimes those ideas were accepted, sometimes they were rejected. But I was liked that part of it too. Is like perhaps having. As a fan, here's some thoughts that I have about the evening for you as the principal artist to accept or reject. Totally. And I think that that's the hallmark of a great artist is that somebody is willing to listen to the band, at least hear them out, you know, yeah, and sure. listen, you know, between myself uh, and Ryan Roxy and Tommy Hendrickson, three guitar players in the band, we all have our ideas about the way things should go. And, you know, yeah. and for example, at the start of this last tour, I think I was the first one to get it in my head. There was a certain song I felt would fit really, really well in this set list. And I started like, kind of like, come on guys, wouldn't it be fun. What if we just practice it? And then when Coop, when Coop shows up, what if we're just playing it? And then yeah. he'll hear it, you know? What's, what and song then, was uh, it? Tell me as a super it's fan. A, it's Go to Hell. Oh my gosh, um, a jam. And, uh, yeah. A super jam, super heavy, super you know, jam. like very yeah. groovy. And yeah. Uh, yeah. and we thought, what if we're just playing it when he walks in and then it can be his idea? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, and, you know, that uh, is some, that is some we, like well, Je Jedi level side person thinking right there. It didn't totally work out as I thought it was going to because he walked in and I guess he had already gotten wind and he comes like rolled his eyes. He's like, yeah, I know you guys want to do go to hell. <laughs> and then he said, I'm 74 years old. Are you guys trying to kill me? Add another song. You know, we play for an hour and a half already oh i see and then and i went oh you know all right take the l you know yeah. and, move on. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, we're going through the set list and then we played uh man behind the mask and we were about to go into the next song which is 18 and coop goes stop everything he goes if we were gonna do go to hell wouldn't it go so perfectly right here? <laughs> I'm like, yes, it would. I'm telling you. So now, man behind the mask, straight into go to hell, straight into 18. It's a bam, bam, bam. Oh my like, gosh. Such that's a, a solid, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, inc oh, that's oh an awesome God. story. That's an awesome story. That's an awesome story. So uh, let's, uh, your top five, give me one from the list of your top five side persons. Please. Well, first of all, I wanted to open up with saying how fun it is for me to get to kind of get in. I'm so excited. This was my topic because I am in a band that has just been known for great sidemen. So when I got this as my topic, I was like, ah, I was in a movie about this. So this is a, uh, this is just right in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start out with my hero, my favorite side person of all time, which is the great Jennifer Batten. Incredible. Tell the people who Jennifer Batten is, who may not, who may not know. Especially in this time, you know, this time that we're in right now, we talk a lot about representation and about having a hero to look up to that's like you in some way. And when I was a young guitar player, you know, my heroes were Steve Vai and John Petrucci and Tony McAlpine and, and Jason Becker and like these shred dudes. And I wasn't really exposed to any female guitar players that I found particularly inspiring. 
I knew about, you know, the Lita Fords and, you know, sort of this era and the John Jets. But it wasn't until I saw the Super Bowl with Michael Jackson playing at halftime. And I watched this video of this beautiful statuesque blonde hair flying all over the place just like shredding like nobody's business and i remember as a young guitar player like that was my moment of representation like that's what i want to do and like there's this stunning just so much energy of performing her ass off on the biggest stage in the world with the biggest pop star in the world that's right with technique for days you know this is not some girl shaking her hair around and that's right this is the real deal. And that was my first moment of like, if she can do it and I can do it. Such a great choice. Cause I remember her too, just being floored because there is a real, you know, sexism in the world yeah. of guitar generally and in shredding sure. guitar in particular. And I remember yeah. when she came on the scene, it just flipped everything upside down. You're like, holy shit. Like it is no longer a boys club. Michael Jackson's guitar, you know, who, you know, going to have any guitar player in the world, you know, from, Steve Stevens to Slash to Nuno Betancourt to Eddie Van Halen. Eddie right? Van Halen, to Eddie, yeah. To Eddie Van Halen has chosen Jennifer, and she just, thank you so much for bringing her up, because I hadn't thought about her in a while, but that's uh, it was a huge, historically important moment in rock and roll. And I think another cool thing that she brought to our scene is sort of having that role for a female guitar player. You know, yes. then Michael Jackson went on to have Oriante. I later played with Michael Jackson's brother, Jermaine, and I fully realized that my only function on that tour was to play the beat it solo. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it, it kind of created this space for for a badass woman in our yeah. industry. And she was the first one and so many, so many have gotten to follow in that path after her. Excellent show. So my, my first one on my list is Clarence Clemens, the longtime uh-huh. saxophone player and principal foil uh, for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Their relationship was one that was historically important for our country and the world. Bruce had a great band and they were all just sort of this band of brothers, but Clarence was a first among equals in that band. You know what I mean? And he was like Bruce's guy. And there's this little white guy and this big black man who are clearly brothers in a world where they're, you know, throughout the decades of the E Street Band, a lot of you know, racial strife in our in our country. And here they are just conquering stadium after stadium after stadium with so much love and brotherhood between the two of them. Not only was he a spectacular saxophone player who sort of defined the role of saxophone in rock music for forever, but it was their relationship and their friendship and their musical friendship and their bond that I thought made that really, really special. What was it like for you to work with them as a unit? First of all, Clarence is a character, like a really? full-on character, you know, and he had a whole little special zone backstage that was a freaky zone. Like he had, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, everybody else is just sort of like a bunch of, you know, folks going to work. And then Clarence has a, it's lava lamps and massage tables and just a whole situation over there. I love that. Very befitting of his set. I would come over and into his be invited to his zone for a minute. It was always just spectacular. He was such a character and so much larger than life as a person. But then you know like I really felt like Bruce's deep love and respect for him and the fact that Clarence's personality, persona and his solos are such an integral part of Bruce Springsteen's records. Anyway, just a really great guy. So who's number two on your or another one on your list, please? I remember when uh, when I first started playing with Jermaine Jackson, uh, we were rehearsing in LA and right next door, Pink's band was rehearsing. Both bands, Jermaine wasn't with us, Pink wasn't with them. This is just the bands getting the set together and learning the songs. I was 21 years old. I didn't know anybody. It was my first big gig. Like, you know, I was like you, I had always been in my own bands. 
And then I wanted to keep touring. So I started looking for touring opportunities and Jermaine Jackson was my first big one. And this like just sweet, curly haired, blonde guitar player and I just got to chatting outside and he was so welcoming to me. You know, Jermaine's band was mostly made up of Michael Jackson's band. So they were very, very nice to me, but very clicky. Like they knew each other. They toured together. They'd been around each other for years and years and years. Yeah. I was the new kid. I was the only girl. I didn't know anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Pink's guitar player is named Justin Derrico. And Justin is not only recognizable from Pink's band, he was the guitar player on The Voice. So if you've seen any episodes of The Voice and you've seen this incredible guitar player, that is also Justin. Uh, he's played with Beyonce. He's played with Robin Thicke. But the cool thing that I find really awesome about Justin is the way that he manages to bring this incredible guitar sensibility to a pop show like mm. if you ever see pink she has a rock band like she yeah. has such a ava gardner playing bass you know mm -hmm. justin on guitar and you know there's big guitar solos and acoustic moments and like the whole show mm -hmm. ends with this jam between all the band members and stuff and i just i love seeing guitar yeah. be so prevalent in such a big pop stars show all my heroes are late with their payments. I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower. My guest today is Nita Strauss. We're going to do the top five uh, side persons uh, of all time. My next one is a consortium of musicians and it's the musicians that no one ever hears about it's like the james burton's and the scotty moores who played on the elvis records and the johnny cash oh, yeah. records and the you know from ricky nelson to john denver to elvis costello and then the funk brothers who played on every motown song right. these were people who played on hundreds of number one singles and hundreds of number one albums and no one knows their name and so they are like the sort of the bones on which rock and roll and funk and soul music is built. And yet they just went completely unrecognized. So my next slide is for all of those who have toiled in obscurity to bring us some of the greatest music of all time. Love that. The unsung heroes. The unsung heroes. All right, what's your, <laughs> next? What's, what's your next one? We did a gig with Guns N' Roses in 2017. We opened up for Guns N' Roses at a, a stadium gig in Brazil, which in and of itself was just like, mind-blowing sure, for me sure, sure. um and i was like slash 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 you know and then <laughs> I, I kept finding my attention drawn to richard fortis who is guns and roses other guitar player yep. i think he is a band member now so i'm not 100 percent sure if he really qualifies still as a sideman i think so i think we're gonna yeah for, think, for the purposes of now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. yes because you know you talk about somebody unsung and this guy is like just performing, wailing on the solos, amazing tone. I love the vibe of a sideman that can like stand on his own and be an amazing show to watch, but also defer the floor, realizing that people are there to see Axl Rose and Slash be Axl Rose That's and Slash right. and not be like, hey, what about me? Me too. Yeah, well, you know, like, <laughs> I know you like Appetite for Destruction. But here's... <laughs> can I interest you in my solo from Chinese Democracy? <laughs> That's, oh, That's awesome. But I thought he did such a great job. And again, kind of like an unsung guy. He's played with Rihanna. He's played with NSYNC. You know, mm, like these, mm -hmm. these rock guys that get these yes. incredible pop gigs nobody knows greg howe had the insane gig for a while as well like yeah. there's so many of our shred guys our rock guys that yeah. get into these sideman gigs in the pop world and we yeah. don't even know about it because they can play anything i mean that's one of the one of the things about the shredding guitar player era or when you amass those 10 20 000 hours on the instrument to be able to do that you can 
handle Pink songs and Guns N' Roses songs and whatever, and sync songs, whatever somebody throws your way, while at the touch of a button being able to go nuclear and play your solo to bring the house down. Totally. All right, so my next one is a fellow by the name of Randy Rhodes. Perhaps you've heard of him. Uh, other guitar heroes, like whether it was Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page, which seem like these kind of alien beings who had sort of special existences that if you're in a basement in Illinois, like you can't ever be that. Randy Rhodes was a guy looking for a gig like sure. everybody. You know what I mean? Like he auditioned for Ozzy Osbourne for an eccentric artist and he got the gig that which allowed his genius to shine to save Ozzy Osbourne's career to make some of the greatest rock records in history and redefine the instrument in the process. You know, all while kind of being a side man. He was a musician first and a rock star second. You know, and it was always important to him keep pushing himself on the instrument. And when they're on tour, on days off, he's taking classical music lessons in the cities where they're at. You know, to, to never stop sharpening the blade of his skill. Uh, and that was always really impactful to me. And what a great artist Randy Rhodes was. Totally, totally same thing for me as well. Like Randy is just a guitar player that has shaped so many generations of guitar players to come. Yeah. And I think a big part of that was not just his technique and not just the gig and not just the way he played, but he had this joy in his guitar playing that made young guitar players like you and like myself go, I want to do that. Like, yeah. that looks like fun. That you know, looks you like see fun. These, so much fun. Some, yeah. You see some of these guitar heroes and it's like, oh, it looks hard. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's complicated. I don't yeah. want to, I don't even, I yeah. can't even do that. I can't even get into that. And, you know, with Randy yeah. Rhodes, he was playing just as difficult of stuff as anybody out there, yeah. you know, more technical and more difficult than most people at the time. But it makes young guitar players, you know, he's smiling and Ozzy's smiling. They're yes. picking each other up yes. on stage. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to do that. The element of joy is one that I've never put my finger on. And it's absolutely true and sets them apart. So what, totally. what's your next one? I was in actually a whole movie about Sidemen a few years ago, which is called Hired Gun. And from that movie, I learned about so many amazing Sidemen that I was not at all aware of. And so many stories and so many of these sort of unsung heroes that we talked about earlier. A big one that I absolutely loved was Phil X who is now the guitar player for Bon Jovi. And he is just another one of those guys that brings that total love and adoration and joy for his instrument. Never, ever runs out of licks. I've done a couple of jams with him now. And he's just one of those guys. He can play anything. He can learn anything. It was the same as you. I think he learned 100 Bon Jovi songs or something yeah. crazy like that yeah, to start the yeah. tour because John apparently likes to call out songs, yeah, yeah. you know that aren't yeah, in the set list. Yeah, yeah. But again, just somebody that really, I think, like sinks into that role and goes, look, I am not Richie Sambora. I'm not John Bon Jovi. Like, you know, he's down, since replaced Richie Sambora now and is the full-time guitar yes. player in Bon Jovi. But, um, you know, he's an incredible singer. He's an incredible performer. He's an incredible player. But he doesn't step out there and go like, hey, you know, I'm the star of this show now. He yeah. still leans back and lets John Bon Jovi be John Bon Jovi, which yep, is important. Yep, yep. The next one on my list was also in a movie, 20 Feet from Stardom. Uh, it's uh, Cindy Mizell. She was one of the, I met her as one of the backup singers in Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band. But she has a long, one of those, she has a long and storied history. Just like the story of the, you know, she's a more contemporary version of those Scotty Moores and James Burtons and Funk Brothers, where it's people who, when it comes to singing, like there's no singing competition, she wouldn't win. And is so adapted to this role of just quiet greatness. If I'm asked to do sort of Bob Marley-like background vocals, I've got that, don't worry. If I'm asked to do, you know, a gimme shelter, you know, like gimme the mic and, you know, this next 90 seconds is me to blow the roof off the place, 
I will blow the roof off the place double. I just, love that. You know what I mean? Like just a lovely soul too. And being in that situation introduced me to people like her. There's other great singers and side people in that band as well. But Cindy was just really shown as someone like, this is her gig. This is her life. And she's a consummate professional and absolutely at the top of her craft and making anybody that she plays with better. And when given her moment to shine, it's outstanding. That's amazing. I, I really kind of, I don't want to say envy, but I, I really admire people that have that sort of quiet support personality on yes. stage. I think that all of us really could benefit from taking a look at somebody like her and saying, yeah. this is a good example of somebody that knows when to turn it on and knows when to dial it back because yeah. I have no chill and I would like yeah. to have more chill. <laughs> but in the, in, in, the, in the gig you're in, I think that you're, you're very well suited to that. that yes. you're, all right, who's <laughs> your next you. one? Who's your next one? Or your last, your fifth one? Yeah. So my last one, um, I realized now I picked all guitar players, which I guess means just I'm a guitar player's totally guitar player. Totally um, the great John Five is my last pick. And great. I feel like John has really made a name for himself as this sort of outrageous character, you know, from Marilyn yes. Manson and Rob yes. Zombie and his yes. crazy solo stuff and his hairless cat and like these crazy <laughs> costumes on his Instagram. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but John Five is a total sideman. He was in David yes. Lee Rock's band. He yes. toured with Katie Lang. Yes. He, uh, he did gigs like TV gigs with Salt and Peppa back in the yes. day. Like, yes. you know. Rob Halford. He was in one of those Rob Halford bands too back in oh, the day. Oh, was he? Yeah. I didn't know yeah, about yeah, that I think one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just love to see somebody like john who has such a cool solo career like my solo band has opened up for his many times and like he's got such a cool solo gig going on he's got such a great gig with you know and again somebody that can play anything do anything yeah. country shred you know you name it chicken literally picking, everything anything. literally literally anything. anything anything yeah 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 and here he is in Rob Zombie going dun 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 Right, right, right. You would never guess that behind these simple riffs of this song is just one of the absolute best guitar players in the world. He's a he's a great selection, and and I've admired him in all of those different incarnations that you mentioned. And he is both the consummate side man and like sort of the consummate rock star at the same time. You know what I mean? I love that guy, and he's a great choice. My final choice, Mick Ronson. Um, oh, nice. Mike McRonson, as who played with a lot of people, but maybe most famous for playing with David Bowie and being his principal foil during the Spiders from Mars era. And he was just the coolest dude. You know, he was a part of David Bowie's art as much as he was a part of David Bowie's music. And right. the impression that he just gave as a vibe his vibe was always the same, where it's like, you know, he's playing with David Bowie, and on some nights, he's the coolest dude in the room. He was sort of maybe my first impression of a sideman. I went right. like, that is a sideman, and that is that guy is like knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I love that. And it's definitely true. It's it's a tough call to be in the same room as David Bowie and out yes. cool David yes. Bowie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but to even be in the conversation as being potentially as cool as David Bowie means that you're, yeah. you're checking a lot of boxes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Right, so, so for our listeners and our musician friends out there, especially, Nita, any advice for people who would like to, like if you want a gig, perhaps it's going to be with Rob Zombie, perhaps it's going to be with whatever, you know, K-pop band or whatever. You're a rock and roll guitar player. What do you do? Show up early. Early yeah. is king. Never, ever, don't even show up at noon. If your thing's at noon, be there at 1145 with yeah. your guitar on, ready to go in and play. Warmed yeah. up. Don't be going getting coffee. Nothing like that. Being early is everything. When I first met Shep Gordon, uh, I was 15 minutes early, just like I said. And he mm -hmm. said, Shep, apologize to me for keeping me waiting. 
And I said, my dad, who's also in the industry, told me, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. So mm -hmm. always be early. <laughs> um, show up prepared. Know the songs before you come in. Just as you said, I'm sure your set list for your first E Street show was 30 songs at most. You came in knowing 200, yes, you know? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the definition of a pro, someone that knows what to do, wants their gig to be ready at any moment. I just learned the songs from the set list, but I learned everybody's part. I learned Ryan's solos, I learned Tommy's solos, and I learned Orianti's solos, just in case something changed that I didn't know about from yep. whatever show that I was watching on YouTube. Yep. Yep. I just wanted to be super, super overprepared. And then the last piece of advice that I would absolutely give anybody is remember that attitude is everything. You absolutely want to come in and be personable and be professional and be somebody that everybody wants to have in the room, having a tour bus and close quarters, you know, 90 minutes on stage is the fun part. It's the other 23 hours of the day that you have to live with this person and be around them. And if you're throwing tantrums and being a general pain in the ass to be around, no one is going to hire you back again. So just always be on point, be professional, be courteous, you know, be fun to be around and uh, you will go far, kid. I got to say, that, that is spectacular <laughs> advice all the way down the line for any any profession, frankly. But uh, Nita, thank you so much. It is a real, real pleasure meeting you and chatting with you. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks a lot. And please do come on up anytime you're at SoFi. Come say hi. Okay, I will. And say hi to Alice for me. I sure will. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye. Let foes of justice tremble. This has been Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hear this episode again or listen to past shows right now on the SiriusXM app. Search Maximum Firepower.